You're listening to the Thunder Basketball Universe. We've got a little bit of a different pod crew today. Producer Hindi is out, so we still have Nick with us. He's sitting right next to me, but we have producer Sarah Sewell filling in for Hindi today. Sarah, welcome to the pod. I'm really happy to be here, guys. Fun fact, she's been here this whole time. The whole time. (laughs) We gave her a mic. We still have Nick, and of course, we've got Thunder Center Justin Patton sitting at the table with us today. So don't go anywhere. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Justin, welcome to the podcast. We are so happy that you're here and with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Happy to be here. So we heard some cool things about you, and the first thing we kind of want to pick your brain about is your dogs. Okay, you're going to have to give us the details on how many you have, mm-hmm. right? Just set the record straight for everybody. Uh, to set the record straight, I got eight dogs. Eight dogs? It, yeah, in between here in Minnesota. I have five here and um, three in Minnesota. Are they all rescue or? Three, of them, are rescue, three of them are rescue. They're just, uh, the smallest ones, but one of, the smallest one out of those three is uh, 90 pounds. So The smallest oh. is 90 pounds. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the two other small ones are like 10 pounds, like super small. Oh, my God. So what are their names? Uh, Fendi, Wiz, and Romeo are the three rescue, uh-huh. and then we have Jake, Jax, Mookie, and Bear. So, this is like that scene from Goodwill Hunting when he lists off all yeah, of his brothers. brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard when I go in that in that uh, order. So, what kind of dogs are they? Um, so the biggest one is a Cane Corso. Um, he's a, a Mastiff, so he's huge. He's like one twenty, and then I have a Golden Retriever White Lab mix. He's like overweight. But um, <laughs> he's like one one hundred. Um, and I have like two bull or three pit bulls. One of them's like a bully, and he's like ninety. And then the other one's like one of the rescues. He's like ninety. And then the smaller one, he's a. Uh, I mean, the two small ones are two rescue. I don't really know their uh, their like breed or whatever. And then I have a Frenchie. He's like the smallest, no. smallest one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna have to just kind of go into the story of how you ended up with eight dogs, because that's that's not new. That's not usual. But you seem like you, you're a big dog guy. Yeah, I'm a big dog guy. Um, so my mom used to never want to let us get dogs. We had one at my grandparents' house, and I used to stay there all the time. And then so right when I got on my own and I could have my own house and stuff like that, it just kind of like went wild. It's kind of like one of those things like. It's like the opposite and never got to be able to do it. So once I was able to do it, I just went wild. You just went crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have all I was dogs. I was injured too. So like I was always at home. So I just, oh. and it was like a good, it helped me mentally just being with those, my boys and one girl. They just always keep the same energy every single day. How tough is it to keep up with eight dogs? Uh, it's tough. At first it was pretty bad. Um, smelled pretty bad. But you learn, it's like having kids, I guess. You learn and you get um, more comfortable and you get like more support too. You figure out the resources you got, like dog daycares and like mobile de- uh, grooming and stuff like that. So it was just a lot of stuff you just learn about and you just educate yourself on. Yeah, how much do you miss them when well, you're on the road so much with the thunder and the blue? And how do you deal with even being able to see the ones that are in Minnesota? Uh, I miss them a lot. I, I tell people I like my dogs more like like humans and friends and stuff <laughs> like that. But but um, it's it's it gets me like not down, but when I'm away from them for a long time, I, get, I can't wait to get back to them. I, that's like the only thing I'm thinking about on the – long road trips and stuff like that is my dogs and making sure they're okay. Like, if something happens to them, they get a scratch on them, I'm, I'm taking them straight to the vet. I'm, like, oh. I'm treating them, like, better than most humans get treated. So it's those are my babies. I'm sure it helps you with a lot of, you know, building some responsibility, kind of first year in the league, For sure. 22 years old. And speaking of which, you're – from Omaha, so you're kind of from the Midwest. What's it like for you to be in Oklahoma City? 
Uh, it's great. I mean, it's just like Omaha, except it's, it's warmer, so I couldn't, <laughs> I can't complain about that. But the Midwest is great. You get the same hospitality. Everybody's great. It's just, I'm just happy to be in this little, this section still, not on the west or the east or something like that. I can just still be in the same time as people back home. You mentioned your mom not letting you have dogs growing up. Will you just tell us about your family and, and some of the people growing up in Omaha? Um, well, I got a twin brother, a little sister, my mom. We grew up uh, in my, my mom, single mother. Uh, great, though. We always play ba- Everybody's played sports. She's always been a big fan of basketball, so she pushed us a little harder than that. And then once we grew, it was obviously what was our calling card, so we both uh, hopped into basketball. My, my best friends growing up were twins. And they had these weird twin powers. They could swap out for each other. Are you guys identical or are you? Uh, we're fraternal, but fraternal. we look alike. We so look, you look alike. Do you have any weird twin powers? Yeah, we, that's like a daily thing with us. Like, and then people don't believe us until they get around us. Like, we can have a whole conversation and not say a word, or like just like we'll envision someone, or like he'll call me. He'll be like, "Bro, I was just about to call you. I was just thinking about you, something <laughs> like that." And then I'll be like, are you in trouble or something like that? And he'll call me, he'll be like, yeah, I just did this. <laughs> it's just certain things like that you can just, like, feel. Like the senses. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, some some people don't believe it, but I, I think it's true. So do you think that he had a sense that you were going to go off for 45 on Tuesday with, with the blue? I think he has a sense. Just him being, like, my ride-or-die brother, he, has a, he, wants, he thinks every single game is going to be a breakout game. So I'm pretty sure he was anticipating that. For sure. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this because this is kind of the main thing for you right now is you coming off a forty five point thirteen rebound, nine assists, six block, off four made three pointers with the blue. Walk us through that game. What was going through your head and maybe what led to that that insane stat sheet? It was it was just like I said, I was just reflecting on like this how I was playing before and leading up to that. And I just felt like, and I'm healthy, this is my first healthy season, uh, completed my first training camp. So I've just been on my feet, this is as long as I've been on my feet. So I just feel great. And it was just, I was at a time where I was like, I just need to take it a step further and just like be the player I want to be and like take that next step. So I just came out with a chip on my shoulder and I felt like, like I felt like coming in, like I just needed to take things more like to the next level. And that's what I did and that's what I'll continue to do. You, you weren't just scoring one way though. I mean, Paris met, mentioned four threes, but you were posting up roll into the rim, face up jump shots. I mean, you had you had the whole thing cooking. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things when I first came here, like one of the conditions uh, when I signed here with, with Sam Presti and the staff was um, just simplifying my game because coming out, you know, you always think you got to be this great NBA player and make all these crazy moves. So I would get assigned to the G League and I would play in the G League and I just wouldn't have a certain, like, array of moves. I would just be all over the place. So I didn't have, a, like, things I can count on. So they came here, I came here, and they just wanted me to have – like three moves or three things that I can like hang my hat on just so they can trust me and know what they're going to get out of me. So in that game, I just like told them I'm a little bit off the rails. I'm just going back, dipping back into my old bag and just being a little bit more like unpredictable, which was fun. What are some of those, What are if you had to boil it down to like the three things, your three areas, what would they be? Um, obviously defense, uh, blocking shots, and then um, screening and getting out of there fast and rolling and just being a playmaker with the ball. Yeah, we've seen you. I mean, you get out of those screens so quick and you're up in the air. You're the first jumper and the second jumper and yeah. sometimes the third <laughs> jumper. Why is that so critical at your position? Um, just, I mean, it's athletic big men nowadays. Everybody's it's, it's like moving around. Everybody's getting smaller. So you got to be able to still move. And luckily, I'm tall enough and can move a little bit faster than most big. So it just helps me out. We see the shooting stroke, too. It looks good. Just your vision of where the NBA is headed. Do you feel like stretch five is 
an important quality to have kind of in your back pocket? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if you're not making it, if you can look like you can make it, if you're shooting like low 30s or something like that, it always helps out the spacing of the team. You see teams right now dealing with bad spacing because people don't want to shoot the ball. But here, you know, um, they embrace you to shoot the ball, and it just makes the floor way more space. That's cool to say, like, at least look like you can make it. Because that, that perception matters when you're scouting and mm-hmm. when you're yeah, just game ask, planning. Yeah, just ask Baze. Yeah. Baze jumps for all the pump picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. That's kind of part of my next question is how much of this growth and development that you're talking about with those three areas is practicing like physically in the gym putting up shots versus maybe like the mental part of it of going back watching film and kind of diving into what you know you could do um I think for me the most important part is just playing and like being on my feet um I haven't had a lot of uh, mileage and that's what people want to see coaches want to see is like if I can sustain and like maintain my body so it it got to a point where like all right I'm getting held back because low management I haven't played that much but then you feel good and you um you feel strong and you feel good good on your feet. So you just start kicking in and overdriving. You start coming in late, two a days, three a days, and getting more work in. So that's where I'm at now, just taking that next step as far as extra work and pre- preparing. The mental part, I set out for three years, so I can just see certain things faster than most people just because you've been reading it like a coach. That game, your 45-point night, was against South Bay. And for those who don't know, they play at the fastest pace in the G League, which is faster by far than a lot of NBA teams. I think there were like 250 possessions Yikes. in that game. Oh so gosh. as you're saying, being able to hold up and sustain, I think you played 36, 37 minutes that night. How did you feel physically you know, playing against that type of style? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, in those type of games, they told us that going in, they're going like, to keep running up and down, so you just got to try to keep the pace. But they're good at what they do. They ran the game. They made it fast. People, I was getting scored on. You know, you get you get the the animosity built up. You just keep going off of adrenaline. But it's basketball. You keep playing. That was the first time I played that much, I think, mm-hmm. and it just felt good. So just keep building. I just got to keep building on that, and the team has to keep building on that. And then the very next day, you're with the Thunder. What is that transition like? Just switching your mindset from going to playing with the G League to now playing with the Thunder. Honestly, it's just taking a step back and just realizing what my job is. I got two separate jobs on those two, on both teams. With Blue, I'm more of a leader. I'm more of like a like the ball's coming to me every single time, and I'm making plays. With the Thunder, I'm I'm kind of a reciprocant of uh, all that stuff. Like people are making plays for me, so I got to be in the right spots and be smart and not do too much and just play my do my role. So. It's a it's a switch off, but like somebody in my position, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, less maybe orchestrating at the elbow like you were doing with the blue, those backdoor bounce passes and more. I was able to make one. I got based on one on one pass. So it's always good when I get to showcase a little bit, but I don't want to do too much, you know, not right. yet. How do you get ready for the personnel? I mean, you're having to go from scouting the South Bay Lakers to Marcus Gasol and, you know, the Raptors. Um, I watch a lot of basketball. I watch, like, when I'm not here – or anywhere I'm on my phone, I'm always watching basketball. So you kind of you, you build up a scout report in your head for everybody. And you look up to the players I look up to, like Marcus Hull is one of them, and even like a Pascal Siakam or a Kyle Lowry. You see them play over time, and then obviously they send out scout report in the film and stuff like that. So you just dig into that, and you make sure you're not the one to get caught lacking. Yeah, how does that work? Like, who's sending you the scouting report? Who's sending you the film? And on game day, who are you sitting down with, and, and when is that happening? Well, here it's, it's it's great. Everybody has their own like little player development group. So in my chat is um it's eight my lifting coaches with obviously with Boo and um, Thunder. Uh, we got AP and then we got Dave Bliss and then Mike D. We all just go over everything and how I'm feeling, what's the game plan, and then like we just have fun in there too. It's like if I'm having a poor game, they keep me up. They like and motivated and invested in what's going on in the bigger picture. 
So it's just great having. It's diff, it's the first time I've been through something like that too. Just been in the action and we're having coaches that actually like pick me apart and tell me what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing good. So this, those are my guys. My my player development group, our group chat, it's, it's rocking right now. It's, it's good to be engaged like that. For sure, for sure, and it's it's fun too. Like all the gifts and stuff we throw in there, it's it's hilarious. It gets fun. Funny. You mentioned the the coaches that help you. What about having guys like Steven and Nerlens that you know who are really thriving at you know facilitating at the high post like that? Having somebody like them to kind of help guide you through this this first year. It's great. I've always been blessed to have good big. Every team I played on, it was Carl Towns in the Minnesota, um, Taj Gibson. I'm in Philly. I had Joel. I had Amir Johnson, and here I just, I'm blessed again to have Nerlens, Mike, and uh, Stevo, and then Dave Bliss. So it's just, and then we got Nick Collison here too, who's who's always around. I'm just blessed to have that those minds around me. And when you ever, you know, they say you are who you're around. So they help me out with everything. Whether it's Steven always helped me out. He's like Mr. Miyagi with his body and and like the movement and how to use strength without using muscle and stuff like that. So I can take things from each person. And it's making me a better player, and it's going to make me a better player down the road. I like what you just said. You are who you're around. I've heard you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Exactly. You, you like who are the five people that you spend the most time with? I don't want you to judge me. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> Go my, for it. My, no judgment. This is the trust tree. <laughs> got you. Got you. So me and Bayes is probably somebody I'm always around. Um, Deontay Burton, uh, Stephen Neurals, and probably Mike D, the trainer, our trainer. We're always that's probably, a good group. Yeah, that's a really nice group. combo. Yeah. Super smart. A lot of politics going there. A lot of uh, basketball <laughs> and a lot of smack talking. I can imagine for, for sure. sure. You got to be quick on those group chats. I bet. <laughs> no, sure. you got to be witty too. Yeah, you got to. Out of my pure curiosity, when when I played basketball, I I rarely focused on the stats when I was in the game. But when you have a game like forty five points, thirteen rebounds. Do you sit back and think after the game, like, okay, yeah, that was pretty cool? Yeah, you do. I mean, but you got so many people telling you, too, so it's just like, right. all right, let me try to try to keep a humble head, but then you got people, like, hyping you up. You got to find a happy medium, embrace it, and then you got to realize that there's a next day, and, and my next day was playing against Toronto, so I just had to get ready for that. And surely that added a little bit of confidence for you going into that game of knowing that you can, you know, help and impact this team. When I came in the next day, they were all just telling me how proud they were of me and uh, just keep it going. So I'm pretty sure it opened eyes for them, too. Some of the fans recognized you, too. I, I don't yeah. know if you heard, but no, yeah, behind were, me, it was like, yeah. Justin Patton. <laughs> I heard the 45 chants and stuff like that. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool. Oklahoma's a, a fun place. Everybody's, like, in tune with everything. I was walking in, and all the security was telling me about the game. People I didn't even think were watching. So it was just great to get all the feedback. Yeah, Terrence was at your 45-point game. Yeah. Last week, CP3 and SGA came to the game. What's that like when you know you see those guys kind of stroll in courtside and know they're taking their night that they could have had off to rest up, and they're coming down to watch? It means a lot. Um, it just shows how like how the, what those guys are and what they stand for. They're all basketball minds, so anytime there's any type of basketball going on, they want to be there when, when they can, like you said. But it was just great. My, my, some of my teammates in, with the blue kind of got a little bit overwhelmed and <laughs> were making some plays they never made, but it worked out for the better. <laughs> Speaking of high-powered offense, we're getting close to All-Star. So we want to pick your brain and play a little game with you. This should be really fun. So it. we all know the games that the All-Star plays. There's the obviously the All-Star game, the dunk contest, skills competition. But there are a few games that we think could <laughs> be really fun to watch in the All-Star weekend. So we want to see some of the players that you think on this team would thrive in some made-up All-Star games. Okay? Ready it. for this? All right. Who would you endorse for an All-Star gotcha tournament or knockout? You can include yourself. I wouldn't put myself in there. Okay. <laughs> I would put probably Gallo in there. Knockout? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Gallo. Because he has quick release and then 
He probably got some European tricks, probably bump you off the line a couple of times. <laughs> he's got the height, too, for a quick putback. Exactly. If he yeah. misses, he can run up and tip and, it in. And he's not too far off the ground. He doesn't get high off the ground, so he's gonna, he can get the ball fast. Get quick to the rebound. That's smart. That's exactly. smart. I like where your head's at. Okay, next one, a all-star game of dribble tag. Dribble tag. i got to put Dennis in there. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that would have been my first choice. He's too. gonna win that. He's gonna win that, and then CP is up next. He's super. He's just like a, a speed racer on the court too. Great choice. Okay, this one's a little out there, but an all-star dodgeball tournament. Mm, I will put myself out there. I got a okay. Yeah, I got a cannon. Steve will probably be good just because he's got that baseball pass. Yeah, oh. he's, he he can throw the ball too. So did you play another sport? Did you play baseball or football? Or anything I played football like growing up from uh, seventh grade to sophomore year of high school. So. Okay. I was I was only quarterback my last year. Now it's because I was just soft and I didn't want to be getting hit anymore. I was tired of it. So you're not gonna like dodgeball getting hit with all. The I'm not gonna get hit. That's yeah. What, okay. That's, that's the. Thing. the so I'm like I'm evading that. I'm not getting touched. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay. This is the last one. Let's see. And I feel like this is gonna be the toughest one to choose. Let's see. All star one on one. Oh, I'm winning that. I'm a mis- I'm a matchup nightmare. But then you got to put CP in there just because. He can guard pretty much anybody, and then he can take advantage of anybody on the offensive end. We see him sit down in the post in yeah. defense. It's impressive. Yeah, you ain't got to help him, but it's, mm-hmm. he's a vet. He's a, he's been tried so many times. He's probably learned all these like little tricks. And I hate honestly going up against small guards too because they know all like the little pull the chair tricks. And oh, that was my favorite thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, yeah. it, it <laughs> yeah. makes the big man look stupid. Low center of gravity too. You can't like. You're edge pro- him down the down to the block. No, because they're actually like it's like you're sitting down on them, and then once and like once you pull the chair, it's like what are you sitting down on? The right person, like me, obviously, I would win because you know I was just shoot right over. Him. I was about to <laughs> Don't say, tell him that though. You kind of just glazed over what you said. Like I'm, I'm a matchup nightmare. You got to go into that. What what kind of bags of tricks are you pulling out on these people? All right, one on one, I'm Jamal Crawford. Like I'm going, I'm Nick Young. Like. I'm all over the place, but then if I need to get to a, like a quick bucket, I'm my back is to the basket. Okay. So okay. like it's just. It's pick your poison. Do you think you would survive the CP swing? Do you think you would fall for that, or have you fallen for it during practice? The rip through. The rip, the rip through. through. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not going for that. No. <laughs> Joel <laughs> was doing this. He was doing that all last year. I'm not going for that. But you maybe are. maybe the the dribble and stuff. He he's he's good with that. He'll probably shift me a little. He bit. freezes people. With you that. never know what you're gonna get with Chris. No, yeah, it's it's uh, he's like a kid in a candy store when he's dribbling the ball. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing for us today is the Thunder's performance as of late. Um, the expectation was not like what we wanted or what we thought it would be at first or what everybody thought, but we just found a way to win and we're finding a way to win and we're turning ourselves into a championship team. I think it's just proving everybody wrong. What's been the key to that? Um, just not focusing. Like Coach said, beginning of the season, just like not focusing on anything that's going on outside of us and What's, what we have internally, and that's like a brotherhood. That's everybody fighting for each other and going out there and trying to win each game. Right now, over these past few games, we're seeing a lot of chemistry from this team. What's it like off the floor that has grown so much to where you guys have had this on-court chemistry? I think it's just everybody hangs out with each other. Everybody's embracing each other off the floor. We got a lot of different type of like personalities and like ages and it's just all over the place, but we've all found a way to like just hang out with each other and embrace each other and figure each other out so it makes it way easier when you step on the court so now it's time for made you look justin we're gonna we're gonna let you run with this what made you look shay shay gilgis uh with the 2020 and 10 game that was crazy um and just to see him like from last year to this year transition and be like like coming to a star player that he is is it's been crazy to watch and i'm glad to be a part of it 20 points 20 rebounds or 
like all the assists and stuff like that, that's wild. It was definitely a performance that went down in the history books for Shea, but one thing that stood out for all of us watching him was the fact that the game before, he just had this personal conviction that he didn't feel like he got into the paint that much to help with rebounding. Mm -hmm. And then he comes out and gets 20 rebounds the very next game. I mean, what what do you sense from him maybe in the locker room that – you saw did you see anything just kind of flipping him before you went out to the game just you just see like the dog in his eyes you see like that con- the concentration and the preparation for the game it's almost like he's like a professional like an assassin like you go out there you know what you want to do and you do it so he did he had in his mind he went out and did it and it was just it was fun to watch you mentioned the differences that you're seeing from last year to this year what do you think about being here in OKC in this role that he's got with these teammates around him why do you think he's been able to make those steps forward just the way the coaches and the players around him embraces embraces him. Um, he has CP, who's a great like teacher of all positions and all. Step, he might teach a coach something. So, you know, he got he has him. But just being here and like having like not all the light around him, I guess, and just like focusing on the team and like what he what he can do. And his job is to invent a score and create and rebound. So he's been doing that to a T. We have something else that made us look this week, and it's the. It's the gold patch in your hair, but it hasn't just been this week. You've had it for a while now. Mm-hmm. Is there a story behind it? Because it's kind of reminiscent of another player on the team. Yeah, there's no story. I had gold hair uh, in high school, but uh, me and Dennis were in San Francisco, and his barber was there, and I needed a haircut. And D- Dennis has a little group with the, with the gold patch, I guess. And I was just wanted to be a part of it, I guess. And he said I was able. He he let me in. He I'm, let you join the club. Yeah, yeah. I'm part of the club now. So was there any like initiation? Did you have to do anything? Did you have to go get him food? No, nah, no. Nah, but Dennis is that type of person. He make you do something. But luckily this time he just let me off with a pass. I thought he had the market cornered on gold patch, and it's nice to see that he opened it up for. Yeah, he for told Clint Capella he couldn't wear it, so I'm just happy he let me wear it. <laughs> yeah, during the game he said you got to take it out. Only love for the Thunder players. Exactly. Nobody else can have a gold. Exactly. That's my kind of guy. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And this last section is called Bless Your Timeline. Is there something that blessed your timeline this week? The uh, You know the Australian bushfires? Mm-hmm. Just seeing all that stuff go on and then seeing, like, some of the, am- the animals get comforted, like the koalas and, like, the, uh, the kangaroos, just seeing them get what they need and seeing people actually, like, embrace that and help out has been good, good, fun to watch, and I've been able to do my part, too, with that. So it's just been cool to watch. And some obviously some parts are sad, but... It's always good when you can have a disaster like that and see how people react and, and how we're reacting is great and we're taking care of business over there. What did you do to chip in? Um, so there is a, a, a organization I forgot change.org or whatever just donated some money to them and um, I'm I actually just hit up Ben he just texted me the other day and just going to Ben Simmons and talk to him about what else I can do to help him out this summer just so I can I want I want to go over there too it's a beautiful place so. If I can go over there and help out and um, obviously hang, hang out with him and we can just get to, get to work and get, get stuff done. Have you been able to go to Australia before? Never been to Australia. I've been in a lot of places, not Australia. Right. I'm sure it'll be a really cool place to go. And obviously, super diverse wildlife and just a, a lot of different species of animals there that really nice of you to chip in and just try to help preserve all of that. For and sure. For a sure. lot of people, you know, think NBA players are only focused on the grind and basketball, but outside of it, you, nice to see that you're still, like, plugged in with what's happening around the world For and, sure. you know, doing your part. It's a lot of crazy stuff, but you just got to find the good stuff. I yeah. like it. Justin, we want to thank you so much for your time. That's all the time we have for our podcast, but we're so lucky and happy that you were here today. It's been great. Thank you all. Thanks, Justin.
And of course, we want to thank all of you for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.